Welcome to the Parkview Church Training Podcast, where we equip you to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more about Parkview or give to our ministry, please visit parkviewchurch.org. Hello, Parkview. This is Pastor Thomas, and I am here with Pastor Mark. Hello. And Casey. Hello. Casey Ginn. And we are here to talk a little bit about evangelism. Uh, we have been in the book of Acts now for... 10 months-ish, off and on, with a break. Yeah, at least that, I think. At least that. We're coming now to the last seven chapters or so, and um, whenever you're listening to this, we know that one of the things the Lord calls us to is evangelism. And uh, the book of Acts is perhaps unique in its frequent depictions of faithful Christians sharing about Christ and, well, really what we're all about, being a whole church, forming whole disciples, which means helping introduce people to Jesus uh, and then helping them grow. So in the name of that emphasis in Acts and of our calling as a church, uh, we want to talk a little bit about evangelism. Um, So I've brought Mark, who is experienced in evangelism, uh, and Casey, who frequently inspires me. She's cringing, but it's true. Probably one of the more faithful evangelists I know frequently sharing with me about taking advantage of opportunities, sometimes ones you wouldn't expect with perhaps Mormon neighbors, things like that, some some that you might with friends and things like that. And uh, so I'm here to learn from them and to just have a good conversation about what it looks like for us to take a next step. So if you're listening and thinking, I'm not sure how to do this, uh, I've never really tried, it terrifies me, you're in the right place. If you're here thinking, I have been a Christian for 25 years, and I tried it once in 1973. It went badly, and I'm not ready to start again. You're in the right place, uh, because we just want to talk about what it would look like for whoever is listening to take one small next step toward uh, this aspect of faithfulness and discipleship. So, I think the reason that may have gone bad was because... (laughs) 73 was more 73 than 25 years ago. 73 was more than 25 years ago, so they were not even a Christian trying to share their things. So, okay. so, so maybe that's the reason okay. to start again. Well, so maybe one thing I should do is learn math. Yeah. It would be helpful. Okay. Casey, no math Casey, in Casey and I were just counting out those years going, yeah, mm, there's something there's wrong with that illustration. Something wrong. Okay. I'll work on that. Um, but I'll just start this way. What makes for a good evangelist? Someone who's often, I think we have an image in our minds, don't we, each of us, of what Someone who's really good at evangelism. Is it a good one that we have in mind, or what actually does make someone who's who's good and faithful in evangelism? I would think of someone who has an interest in other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be easy to be someone who's talking over other people as you're as you're trying to share what you think. But I mm-hmm. and there's like clearly we do want to share. But I think being able to to look at someone who you genuinely want to know Christ, you want to see where they are and what they believe, and that involves listening to them first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I think sometimes that stereotypical image we have of a good evangelist is one who's just, will go up and talk to anybody and That's super right. bold and not a, you know fearless. And I, I put at the top of my list the same thing, good good listener. Mm-hmm. And I think observant. I think, if I, if you remember, I brought that out when we, when we were going through uh, Paul at Mars Hill in Athens. Mm-hmm. He, he says, these are the things I've observed mm-hmm. as I'm being here. Um, and, and I think while boldness is important because it does take some boldness, I think mm-hmm. loving has to be, uh, essential, essential in there. It's, mm-hmm. it's, this isn't, I'm not checking a box that I shared with these people. It's, I genuinely love and care for people. So therefore I want them to hear the good news. Yeah. 
that's right i often i often think i talk with people and they if if they had a name in mind for what a good evangelist is they might think billy graham tim keller you know someone who's public and they're talking they're doing a lot of talking about jesus and in my experience um the best evangelists are people who don't do that much talking in fact, I know when I'm having evangelistic, well, I might consider spiritually meaningful conversations with people. I generally consider it a loss if I'm doing most of the talking. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking, as, as I've talked with many people and they think, I, I would share Christ, but I don't know enough in order to do that. Um, almost certainly that's, that's not true. You know enough. And in fact, um, I remember working through a, the questions of Jesus. If you read through the Gospels, uh, Jesus asks 300 some odd questions, a little over 300 questions in the Gospels, but he only gives direct answers. When he's asked a question, he only gives direct answers three times. Now, that wasn't because Jesus didn't have answers to questions. It's because he frequently responded to questions with a question. Uh, he was inquisitive. He knew yep. that if people were going to actually learn, they needed to find out that they did need to learn first. Mm-hmm. Um, and often they were sort of not not asking the right question and he wanted to help them get into their own self-understanding be, so that they could learn. And so I think if Jesus himself, who had all the right answers, <laughs> you know, the lack of information, lack of knowledge was never a barrier for him and ev- what we might call evangelism, feels silly to call that that with Jesus, but that's what it was, then we too should say, Let's, let's get really good at asking questions. Like, let's get really good at listening. If the Son of God had a 100 to 1 ratio of questions asked to questions answered, uh, then I think we can take the pressure off of ourselves feeling like I need to be an expert in all things Bible, all things Christian history, all things apologetics uh, before I open my mouth because we can ask good questions. Yeah, we can right. ask good questions. Um, yeah, good evangelist. And you guys also mentioned love, just love for people. I think that's crucial. And we can all do that, right? That's right. <laughs> we can all learn to do that. That's sure. right. That's yep. right. Yeah. And the, the word tells us that God himself will pour the love of the Father into our hearts. So we, it's not even on us to produce that love, but to re- request it from him. Um, great. Now, tell me, are there some people who they're just bad at evangelism? They're just not going to be. I know we look in the Bible. Sometimes we see, uh, for instance, in uh, Ephesians 4, it says that God gave the evangelists to build up the church. There's other places where it talks about evangelism as a spiritual gift. We often think of it that way. Does that mean that some of us are going to be great at it and others should sort of leave it to the professionals? I know that's a silly way to set up the question, but it has to be asked. Yeah, I think that the answer is no. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can't just say um, we're not cut out for it because we're all called to it Mm -hmm. as we look at the Great Commission. And and I think... um, Rather than saying, okay, you have to have all of these qualities or, or you have to have this gift of the spirit in spades, it's no, um, you just have to know people. Mm-hmm. I mean, evangelism requires re- relationships. It doesn't have, you don't have to have a built relationship. I mean, you can do cold call stuff and that's, that's mm-hmm. about the hardest evangelism you can get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you have relationships, if you have proximity to other people, mm-hmm. you have a call to evangelism and, um, yeah, it's. I think it's more natural for some. It just flows out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all have a story to tell for mm-hmm. sure. You know, I, I think of the, uh, you know, the man born blind, and he's questioning, he's questioning, and finally he just says, "All I know is I was blind, and now I see." I mean, mm-hmm. 
and we can at least tell the story that mm-hmm. you know we've been set free by the good news of Christ. That's right. I would say that, I mean, the things that are going to make you a better evangelist are also the things that are going to make you a better Christian. Hmm. If you are growing in patience, if you are going growing in kindness, that's going to get you closer. I would mm-hmm. say like something I tend to fall into is I want to, I want to prove that I'm right and that I know yeah. the right things and I believe the right thing. And often mm-hmm. that argumentative mindset is not the right way to go. And mm-hmm. so growing to be able to talk to people about Jesus is not leaning into that natural instinct of mine, but trying mm-hmm. to be more kind and more interested in other people and, 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 um, seeing what they believe and why it is they believe that. And that gets, that gets you a lot closer to being able to share than knowing you have the right and you want to have the right thing to say and trying to logic them into Jesus. Yeah. Cause some people that's not, they're, they're not going to start being able to logic, uh, find a logical path to Jesus. So, yeah, and there's not many times we argue people into the faith, mm. you know, that's, a good, that's an excellent point. There are some that really need to have that debate. They need to wrestle it through, and, and they respond to that. But I think our spirit always has to be that of, of listening and caring while we do it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Uh, so I've often heard it said, and I've found it to be true, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Mm-hmm. And so while it's, you know, I'll be the first one to say I've read lots of books about evangelism because I've, I, I'm the one who feels like I need to know enough. I The last thing I want to do is feel stumped, uh, you know, yeah. in a moment of evangelism. At the same time, you know, the frequency with which those, the issues that I study and look have looked into and wanted to have good answers for, how often do those actually come up as huge barriers? Often I find it's, those aren't the questions that people are asking. Yeah. I want to be ready. I want to be ready for that. <clears throat> but um, when they know that you're you're there for them, you're with them, and especially that they're not sort of your religious project. I think people feel especially yeah. um, especially sensitive to feeling like you're really only here for one possible outcome here, and it's me getting to agree with you. Um, and so there's no real space for actual conversation. It's just, are you going to agree with me or not? Um, when people sense that that's not the case, I actually I have, just like you guys mentioned, love, real love. Uh, that's fertile ground. Fertile ground. Yeah. Um, do you guys mind if I, uh, go off script and just throw you sort of scenario case study type thing? Sure. So I'm guessing plenty of people who are listening to this would say, I I do have relationships with unbelieving friends, family members, coworkers, whatever it might be, the gas station attendant I get coffee from every day, whatever, whoever it is that you happen to have in your life. Um, and we are in the friend zone of evangelism. You're familiar with this basically we there's lots of trust there i think you know or at least we're casually friendly with each other um we've known each other for a while so and so forth but i've i've never they don't know that i'm a christian it's never come up not not necessarily because i haven't wanted to or because you know i've been afraid to but how is it possible for me to take that relationship to the next step and is there sort of a less awkward way than what I'm imagining, which is me saying, just blurting something out. Um, how would you counsel someone who's sort of in that situation? I think probably a lot of us are. I, I think what you're describing there is what a lot of us do, which is over-cultivate mm. in that we spend so much time building a relationship, building a relationship that it almost becomes awkward that we have never brought it up. Okay. Uh, as opposed to the opposite, which, which you know, I call the cold call evangelism. And mm-hmm. I remember being part of a, Actually, I was part of the tr- uh, a trainer in it 
but there was a major thing we were doing in this evangelism seminar, and that was we were sending students and adults out all through Chicago to to take people in, a survey from people, mm-hmm. and it was a survey about faith, and it gives you the opportunity to share the faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, what r- bothered me endlessly beyond that, still to this day, is that they weren't genuine surveys. We threw mm-hmm. away all the results of what oh, they okay. were, and, and it was just here's a kind of here's a trick, to, yeah. almost a deception, so mm-hmm. that I could talk to you about Christ. And a lot of people did accept Christ, and there was responses and stuff. But that methodology didn't sit well with mm-hmm. me. It's like, okay, we're going to like deceptively do this now for for us to say I, I genuinely have some questions just mm-hmm. about you uh, as a person I'm sharing with. Uh, we were listening to Preston Sprinkle talk about sharing, uh, sharing with people who uh, maybe are of uh, the L- LGBT community or whatever. And and one of the things that he talked about it was just tell me your story. Mm-hmm. Um, let let me hear from you. And again, that whole idea of listening. Um, but I, I'm probably I've digressed from the original question. But I think <laughs> no, it's helpful. I think at some point we have to just say we have to bridge the gap and ask the question. Mm-hmm. And we have to consider what's the risk there. And one of the things that um, I think is important to remember is that it's ultimately not about you. Um, it's not about whether or not you're accepted or loved by a person. It's it's really about them. It's, mm. you know, am I so worried about how they're going to respond to me that mm-hmm. I don't tell them the most important news they could mm-hmm. hear? You know, so I think that's one of the main things I've, I've talked a lot here and I've kind of gotten off. I don't even remember the original question. So sure. that's when I need to stop. No, that's helpful. Yeah. The, the question I was asking is, you know, you've had this friendship for a long time, but you know, how do we take that from just a, a nice casual relationship, whether it's, you know, the gas station attendant, I always get the coffee from or, or a family member or a friend that, you know, we've had this friendship for a long time, but it's just never come up. Um, and and use those opportunities God has given us. So mm-hmm. you mentioned um, the just that kind of over cultivating is what you called it. Yeah. And I think especially it's helpful to think of, you know, I've, how is it possible that I've known this person for so long and I've been a genuine friend to them, but the whole time they've never known that there's anything yep. distinctive about me. So maybe that's a good question to ask yourself. Yep. Um, <clears throat> how would you, how would you imagine that coming up in the natural course of a, uh, as for both of you, but <laughs> of a friendship you know is it i always i always think in like the panic mode which is not helpful of like so do i just blurt it out like so you want to go to church (laughs) (laughs) i go to church i'm a christian you know what is there a way you found that's you know maybe a little less in your face and alarming and just kind of it's just part of who i am i don't know i will say i think the times i've had the best opportunities and conversations have been Mm -hmm. moments i've prayed about beforehand like okay i'm gonna be riding in a car with my friend for a while Mm -hmm. and then pray that we have like a good conversation um Mm -hmm. and 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 it's happened more when i've had prayer about those things but i also feel like if you're at a friend at a friendly level where you can just kind of talk about random stuff like it's not that weird to be like did you grow up with any kind of faith like what's your what's your family like and you can kind of get started somewhere like that it it feels maybe awkward to us because we've been thinking about it and worrying about it for a while but Mm -hmm. if you can if you can talk about other random friendly things then i would i would say that like an opening like that talking about faith or asking like hey what do you do on weekends i i I do church on sunday with my family like you can start talking about that without it being super Mm -hmm. weird Mm -hmm. no i would agree with that and the prayer thing i have that in my notes too i think it always begins with prayer and i've even gotten to the point where i pray for people i know i'm not even going to get a conversation with 
Mm-hmm. Like uh, if I'm in a busy place where people are moving all around me, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I just say, Lord, I pray that they hear. I pray that someone tells them, Lord, would your spirit work in that heart? And, and I mean, these are just people. I have mm-hmm. no idea even who they are. I haven't, built, haven't cultivated at all with them yeah, in, in that, in that particular right. case. Um, so when we talk about prayer, I like to use a little um, acronym, GOWO, G-O-W-O. Okay. And adding to your daily prayer life, Lord, grant me glaringly obvious witnessing opportunities. Hmm. And and the glaringly obvious was because sometimes I just miss the basic things right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I'll find myself getting back into my car and heading away from where I just was. And then I think, whoa, I just had an, I had an open door right in front of me. Mm-hmm. At what, why did you not say anything? Or, mm-hmm. you know, so it was that whole prayer is, is um, make it so obvious to me that this is a moment to share. Mm-hmm. Or this is a person to share with. And we're asking that spirit within us that empowers us and speaks to us and prompts us to do so. So we're really just saying, you know, spirit just hit me over the head. Whatever it is to help me be alert to that. So uh, I think, by the way, I think this is one of the fastest ways you can see prayers answered. Because I think the Lord loves to answer this one. Mm. grant me glaringly obvious witness opportunities. I think he loves to do that. Mm-hmm. And, but I think the other part of that is you have to have margin in your life uh, for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I've spoken about this before where I've come to a few places in my life where I've realized my life is just filled with clogged up with Christian people. Well, it's wonderful mm-hmm. to be around Christian people, but if you don't have any access to unbelievers, how are you going to share with them? Mm-hmm. And that's even been a challenge for me, even since moving here is just, okay, where am I interacting with unbelievers? Mm-hmm. And so is it going to be at the gym? Just got a gym membership. So is there going to be an opportunity now mm-hmm. to interact there? Um, I always used to like to do it at breakfast and a lot of places are closed right now mm-hmm. for breakfast or whatever. So that's been a little frustration frustration for me, but asking for those obvious witnessing opportunities and then obviously being somewhere where they could happen. Mm-hmm. And I think those are two key things to to make it happen. And then it's like, when that happens, you're going, okay, this is my opportunity. Then there's really a lot of pressure. It's like, okay, I got I to I gotta step through the door here and take yeah. an opportunity to do this. Yeah. That's really helpful. Yeah. I, prayer is, is crucial. I remember there was a period of time when I was actually, when I was in college ministry here and I've, I remember starting to pray like that consistently and almost feeling like, I think I'd like to stop praying like this because <laughs> it was almost like everywhere I went, I was like, ah, there it is. Okay. You know, and I was like, I help me be excited about this. Cause it's obvious. Yeah. And when you're, when you're praying like that, the Lord does, he just gives you eyes to see things. You, you did just both in terms of, you know, I'm at the gym and here's a person who, why are they starting a conversation with me yeah. in the past? I would have been like, whatever, you, you know, yeah. I'm going to keep doing my thing. That was nice of you to say hi to me. But then you'd think this is so, it's too weird. It's too weird. Yeah. Or even in the midst of conversations you've had for a long time and <clears throat> you realize someone mentions to something to you about their family or about something that happened to them that they've never really gone there with you before. And me being, op, uh, you know, often just kind of obtuse to such things, just kind of going, oh, well, must have been hard. Move on. Yeah. You know, instead go, oh, they're inviting me a little deeper into their hearts right now. Yeah. Let, let's see where this goes and just, and taking it with kind of a little more spiritual seriousness. So that's a real thing. And I love Casey, your, your, uh, your thought there too. Just in my mind, it's so helpful to have the, the little questions, the little prompts that, that help you kind of go to the next layer of discussion. Mm-hmm. Those 
because in my mind I'm always like I'm so awkward I'm gonna just blurt something out and it will it'll be weird and it'll be but something like what you said you know I think you said um did you grow up having a faith or something like that mm -hmm. um I think a good question like that is just it's so helpful it's not I think I I often feel like I'm weird I'm coming across weirder than it really is and it's not it's fine and um to, to ask a good question like that is is approachable and comfortable and it's interested in them you know um so i think those are both really good really good that's helpful um now i'm i'm sure some of us feel like you know there's there's the feel a pressure to to move forward in evangelism maybe a healthy pressure but also sort of a pressure against it uh, the fear in evangelism fear fear different kinds of fear, fear of being rejected, fear of being misunderstood, you know, um, fear of being categorized in a certain whatever, you know, in your workplace, you're put in a certain box now, if I open my mouth or whatever it happens to be. Um, how would you help someone who's, who knows, you know, I, I want to take a step forward here, but I'm just afraid. How would you help someone in that? I'm very interested in hearing advice because I am currently <laughs> in that that fear box with with one very good friend who is who is gay and I just don't know how to broach that with him though we've mm. talked about faith and Christianity like I, I I'm afraid of pushing that with him because I'm afraid that would just break things mm -hmm. yeah uh, even just what um, Preston Sp uh, Sprinkle was sharing the other the other night was really just that whole tell me your story and how have you been hurt in letting those be open doors and then it, it gives us an opportunity let's say I believe people have different roadblocks to faith, and one of the roadblocks could be just a willful one. A roadblock could be a, a, a knowledge one. I just don't know anything. I've never been, never been shared with me. Another one would be a religious roadblock. They have a religious background that makes them totally opposed to anything related to church or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then there can be an intellectual roadblock where I just really can't get past this idea of creation or whatever. And... Um, in the, in the course of those conversations, sometimes we ask the questions that reveal what that what the roadblock is. And, and the discussion then becomes about that more than anything. But I think uh, in answer to the question of how we overcome the fear, I think it goes back to what I said earlier. It's not about us, mm -hmm. okay? And we're, we're doing something for our God who is limitless in power, mm -hmm. who it's his heart for those to come to faith. And, and so... We, we get past ourselves. In other words, you kind of remove ourselves from the equation and say, this is God moving in me. And I think we take fear and we replace fear with compassion. In other words, I care so much for this lost person that I cannot let my personal fear get in the way. And um, I, I think that's, a, that's an important part of it because um, the best, I think, at sharing their faith are the ones who are the most grateful for it, right? We're so grateful for the salvation that we have that that there's no way we're going to say anything other than, I think you shared it in a sermon, Thomas, you know, the leaders lead because the, they they are so aware of they, they need grace, right? Mm -hmm. They're most aware of it. And I think those who share their faith are the ones who recognize how vital it is. And so we say, my compassion for the lost is going to overrule my fear, mm. And I think, again, asking the Spirit to guide you to the right questions. Obviously, we don't want to offend people. We don't want to be those obnoxious people that come running through the front door and go, you need to be saved. Here's my mm -hmm. Bible, and I'm hitting you with it. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think going back to remember that someone shared with you mm-hmm. and someone shared with the person who shared with you, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, and how important is that, that that happened, that uh, we came to faith in mm-hmm. that regard. I'm going to go back and push it one more time because I've mm-hmm. talked about it before, and that is starting with prayer. You, you mentioned that, Casey. And I think that's part of the reason why I've encouraged the Bless Every Home website and those mm-hmm. emails. It's just starting by praying for your neighbors. And I've I've been doing it now for seven months in our new place. And so now I'm looking forward to summer when people start coming out and, and then my excuses go away and I have to get rid of my own fear and walk across the road and start a conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, so as I start to think about those names that I've been praying for and praying those scripture over them now, it's like, okay, I got to get past the fear Mm -hmm. and just be a neighbor. Mm -hmm. And sometimes neighbors are the hardest because you got to get along with them. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't want to upset them too bad. Um, But you know, it starts with being kind and, being a kind of person that is uh, considerate of others. I'll, I'll tell this really quick and then I'll stop. And that is um, um, my son and his wife have neighbors across the street who just have completely different ideas about marriage, different ideas about um, sexuality mm-hmm. and, uh, and faith. And they, they've just genuinely loved their neighbors mm-hmm. and the neighbors have loved them back. It's been really a neat, neat thing to, to watch. And, um, uh, and recently a, a rift came in their relationship and mm. the one who stayed now is actually talking with them mm. about the faith. And they're, the reason they can talk is because they loved them. Mm-hmm. They cared for them. They helped them do things. Mm-hmm. And they've been there for them. And just genuinely, they, the neighbors had a chance to observe them and so say, wow, these are just legit people who are kind and, and loving and gives that opportunity and makes how great when somebody comes and asks us, it, the fear kind of goes away in that regard. It's like, mm-hmm. well, at least I don't have to start the conversation. I just mm-hmm. have to be afraid of how, how mm-hmm. well I do. But the spirit of God has to empower that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop talking now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all really helpful. And I think that's maybe a good place for us to stop, actually. So um, I hope this has been helpful for you as you're listening. Just some some thoughts on how to take a, take a next step forward, whether it's to, to share uh, Christ for the first time. Um, or for the 500th time or whatever it happens to be to overcome some of those things that, that can keep us from going there. Um, and just some practical tips as well. Um, just let me throw in a practical tip when we're we're doing that too. And, um, sometimes people really do well with the models and, you know, whether it's a Roman's road, you know, identifying sin, what what Christ did for it. Spiritual laws. For spiritual laws. Bridge. Being able to sit down at a restaurant with a pen and a napkin and draw the bridge. Mm -hmm. You know, here's man and this sinful man on the one side Mm -hmm. and a holy God on the other. And the the gap because of sin and a cross that can Mm -hmm. bridge that Mm -hmm. gap because of what Christ did. Just some simple things like that Mm kind of help us, um, maybe take that tension off. They're not looking so much at you. They're looking down at the napkin you're writing on or yeah. whatever. Sometimes that makes it easier. Yeah, that's right. That can be really helpful. Great. Well, uh, I'd, I'd also encourage you if you're, if you feel stuck in this or if you feel like you need growth, uh, growth happens best in community. And so if you're, if you're part of a community group, you know, ask the people in your group to help you think of through how to grow. Uh, this is going to continue to be a topic as we move through the rest of the book of Acts or whenever you're listening to this. It's never a bad time uh, to ask people around you for help or accountability or whatever you sort of need to grow in this and just for for prayer and for support. Um, so uh, with that in mind, we're going to sign off for now and we'll be back talking with you guys soon about some other topic about how we can grow in Christ to become a whole church, forming whole disciples for the glory of Jesus and the good of all people. 